The world is flat. The fall of Berlin Wall marked the end of the Cold War between the U.S. and Russia. The balance of power tipped towards nations advocating democracy, consensual and free market governance. We need capitalism to create innovation. Indian socialism had taken them to a point where they only had $1 billion in foreign reserve. Today, because of trade liberalization and free market capitalism, India has $118 billion in foreign reserve. Freedom flattens across all societies. More children, more literacy, more employment, more opportunities, more growth. The fall of communism opened the way for the formation of the European Union and the expansion of the euro as a common currency. Information was more free and less of a monopoly. Personal computers, fax machines, windows, and dial-up modems connected to a global network coming together to form a platform for global information revolution, says Greg J. Mundy. With a platform in place, applications drove the diffusion far and wide in corporate computing. Millions of developers wrote applications for Windows to improve productivity, an interoperable way to develop a needed way to be needed to develop to communicate between different networks and operating systems. A standard for sharing needed to be established, the World Wide Web. Um, today, that technology is in the form of GraphQL or in RESTful API with uh, a token-based authentication in a secure encrypted network. And... Um, uh, the HTTP uh, servers allowed a client-server relationship where the the um, client was the browser or some application endpoint, which was connected um, by a pipe or a two-way communication uh, mechanism that allowed communication. And also the second technology that uh, allowed uh, for this global network was the um, distributed database. And so as um, the, the database now takes new forms, uh, originally it was a relational database, and now it's taking the form of a NoSQL database with lots of um, parts that can be added into the tree structure or, in, or into the document structure. Uh, then as far as the interface or the display for the user, um, it was HTML, JavaScript, um, React, Angular, Angular for Business, React now is catching up, Vue, and um, uh, in the day that this book was written, it was a Windows platform on an operating system. So the operating system combined with the, um, with the Windows development environment allowed millions of developers to write components, uh, communication, interfaces, and to um, simulate all aspects of the business process in software. But the driving point that it makes here is that the, uh, we need capitalism. And in order for the developers to do build this infrastructure, they needed money. So in order to get that money, capitalism had to uh, which is individuals who are capitalizing on opportunity, uh, invest into the future 
And then by building into the future, they built the platform, which then allowed for the uh, free communication of information and the global uh, information revolution, as uh, was described. Netscape became the first commercial browser, the browser working on an IBM PC, Apple Macintosh, and Unix machines. So it was cross-platform. Netscape made the network interoperable, allowing companies to share email and files. Open protocols like FTP, HTTP, SSL, SMTP, POP, and TCPIP became the standard for transparent data transmission. HTTP moved HTML documents between the server and a client. Initially, Apache was a free HTTP server, then uh, serving the Internet. Today, 45% of the U.S. web servers hosted by um, hosting websites are Apache, and two-thirds of the world's uh, the, the web servers are Apache. Apache found the collaborating in the open source form was the best way to bring intelligent people together. People gained a reputation in the community and players contributed to the code base. Apache was free for education and licensed for business. IBM (coughs) adopted Apache for its uh, WebSphere server. Other open source and community projects are Wikipedia and Firefox. Um, And so you see that... (coughs) HTTP now has become uh, the the platform for communicating information. Uh, it it uh, maintains a secure method of, of transmitting data over the internet and uh, allows for point to point communication. Uh, fiber optics reduce the cost to transmit data over greater distances, opening up opportunities to capitalize on cheaper labor. The Telecommunications Act of 1996 launched the fiber optic bubble. Fiber optics caused long distance rates to fall from $2 a minute to 10 cents. The fiber optic network flattened the developing world. And I, you can't underestimate how fast fiber optics costs dropped. Um, I remember uh, Global Crossing was projected to make a large amount of money by uh, connecting Europe and the United States. But as fiber optics dropped, their profit margins uh, decreased and uh, they struggled. <clears throat> and But as a result of uh, reducing fiber optics, uh, cities now are putting in lines uh, where copper lines are and uh, the communication speeds are increasing. Greg Mundy of Microsoft believes that web services and workflow provided the a global platform for the global workforce. TCPIP, SOAP, and XML made the web services accessible into the global network, allowing software to control the flow of work. And it's interesting because Microsoft calls uh, their platform uh, WCF, uh, and uh, and it uh, is relates to this workflow concept. Tasks are taken apart and sent to whom can do it best. The assembly line for the service sector workflow software seems seamlessly connects applications to application. The Indian Institute of Technology graduated thousands of smart Indians. The dysfunctional socialistic policies of Nehuru um, guaranteed in the mid-1990s that India could not provide good jobs for the most talented engineers. 
So basically what that's saying is that the, um, it could not create market demand. The second buyer of India's brain power was America. Since 1953, 25,000 top graduates of India have settled in America, enriching the labor pool. Companies like GE and Texas Instrument helped IIT get off the ground by bringing work from the medical systems and chips designs and software requiring skilled talent potential. India helped started um, making America fix India started helping America fix its Y2K bug and uh, potential and build a trusted relationship. India engineers were trusted to work with complex software developed in the U.S. And so now we, we see the next, the next wave, which was outsourcing, and possibly a third wave, which will be some form of partnershiping where um, Indian developers are de- continue to, to maintain and develop the um, next layer of infrastructure, which is machine learning and AI. So um, it t- requires lots of skilled labor to work in that, in that layer, and they're bringing analysis and understanding uh, to the data. So now we have you know, several decades of collecting data, and now we have to make sense of what the data and the behaviors that are embedded in the data are saying. So uh, that that's going to become a more of a, a partnership in order to bring that level of understanding to com- corporations. In 2001, China joined the World Trade Organization. By China joining the World Trade Organization, China assured foreign companies uh, they are protected by international law and standard business practices. Foreign companies could sell anywhere in China. Beijing agreed to treat all of the World Trade Organization members equally. Same uh, tariffs and same regulation. China has uh, more than 160 cities with over 1 million people. That's phenomenal uh, when you think about the size of China and the density of the number of people there are 160 cities with over 1 million people and in those 1 million uh the cities with over 1 million people large percentage of those cities now have some form of manufacturing and so what's happened is we've transferred our wealth base of manufacturing to china and now the uh, china's um, population is becoming rich Kanichi Omi said, deciding what part of the company you want to sell to China and um, what part you want to buy from China. So what he's saying, because he believes in the borderless uh, theory, is he's saying that um, parts of your company, based on profit, will be moved to China and... um, then parts of things that you need for your company will be bought from China. So he's, he's buying into big into the Chinese uh, trade uh, relationships, which basically helped drive a lot of Japanese wealth. Between 1995 and 2000, China lost 15 million manufacturing jobs and the U.S. lost 2 million manufacturing jobs. I had heard, seen that trend 
um, and that's largely due to other countries now that began to become more efficient and their labor costs were less, and so they started uh, seeing opportunities. One country uh, in particular that has started to grow really fast is Vietnam. Uh, lower cost of labor, but same quality. China is gaining jobs in service, and they're raced to top against the U.S. and the U.K. According to the Heritage Foundation, American companies that pr- produced for the U.S. market and China market generated 21% of the U.S. output, producing 51% of the U.S. exports and employing three-fifths of all manufacturing employees, which were $9 million. In 2004, Walmart purchased $260 billion worth of merchandise and ran it through a supply chain of 108 distribution centers, routing to 3,000 stores in America. Walmart buys directly from manufacturers. Information about what the consumers are buying is fed directly into the manufacturer supply chain system. Low price is derived from efficiency. Just in time, reduced inventories replace items on demand and connect suppliers and retail through global software communication. UPS helped millions of small companies become global by providing services for fulfilling supply chain logistics. UPS integrated with warehouses, provided the packaging and, and delivery of supplies. The factory produces and UPS delivers the products to the consumer. UPS makes one makes 2 million phone calls a day on wireless network. Advanced scheduling software routes the package to its bin location in the truck and GPS and navigation system provide route information for the driver to deliver the package. Millions of people a day go online to see the status of their package. And there's a huge potential there for automation, robotic delivery. They're already using robots for a lot of the package assembly and distribution. And, uh, and so uh, automation will play a, a real key factor in that sector, in the uh, uh, delivery sector, product delivery sector. The U.S. produced most ideas in the world. In 2004, 4,000 out of 7,600 uh, institutes of higher learning were in the U.S. So that's o- over half. Yet 400,000 of the 2.2 million first-time bachelor's degrees were U.S. students. The lion's share of graduates being from Asia, over 500,000 out of 800,000 published articles were from the U.S. The U.S. still has the brain power for new ideas. After 9-11 restrictions on visas adversely affected the number of students studying in the U.S., COVID has also had a major impact on the number of students studying in the U.S., and, um, you know, long-term effects will be seen down the road. Japan outbid China in a battle to determine the route of the pipeline that Russia intends to build from the Far East. China began competing for the U.S. for oil from Canada and Venezuela. The top five countries that the U.S. oil uh, were imports oil from are Canada, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Venezuela, and Nigeria. You know, Latin America is where the U.S. could have uh, reduced its inflation. It's still a huge market. It's a, a great opportunity to build and increase relationships with uh, Latin America because they have the oil reserves. Um, China is also acquiring oil interest in Kakistan, Russia, Venezuela, Sudan, Western Africa, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Canada. China has oil deals with Brazil, Peru, and Ecuador. 
Countries hostile to the U.S. providing China oil will bear heavy on the U.S. China relationships, the U.S. will demand sanctions on those countries and China will not uh, support sanctions. China loaned Brazil Petrobras $10 billion for a guaranteed oil supply over the next decade, 200,000 barrels of oil a day for the next 10 years. China is Brazil's number one trade partner. Brazil supplies 45% of all China soybean imports and is the source of agricultural products. Brazil possesses nuclear industry and uranium resources important for China's nuclear industry. In Brazil, in 2009, Brazil exports to China increased 67%. China is helping to develop deep uh, water oil drilling in Campos and Santos basins. Brazil is collaborating with China on satellite and space research. China is interested in agriculture, mining, and oil sectors. In 2003, China acquired a stake in um, Argentina oil and gas firm Petro uh, Plus Petro, which operates fields in northern Argentina and Peru. In 2010, China National Offshore Oil Corporation purchased 50% stake in Argentina Breas Holdings of $3.1 billion. And see, the, the, the increased investment by China into Latin America has uh, weakened the U.S. relationship, and so we need to increase that relationship uh, through trade trade agreements and also improved relationships uh, politically with Latin America because they could have reduced our inflation problems. In 2007, nearly 40% of Ch- Chile's exports went to Asian Pacific region, mostly to China, 85 0.2% of Petros exports to China are copper, fish flour, iron ore. China is investing in Peru in oil and gas sector. China is interested in Bolivia's natural gas reserves. Liquidification of gas is uh, being developed for transport to China. In 2005, China's Shengeli International Development Corp com- company signed a pact with uh, Yacimentos, Petrolitros, Fiscalities, Bolivianos to invest $1.5 billion over 40 years in Bolivia's onshore oil and gas sector. China has invested in Ecuador's oil fields, port operations, and pipeline assets. In 2005, China bought Canadian based and Senia's oil and pipeline assets in Ecuador for $1.2 $1.42 billion. In 2009, a billion dollar loan for oil was created. China signed a $16 billion deal with Venezuela to uh, produce several hundred thousand barrels of oil per day for import. China will consume 14 billion million barrels a day by 2012. China receives 7% of its oil from Sudan and 13% of its oil from Iran. You know, we're in 2021 now. Uh, China is the number one consumer of oil in the world um, and uh, has uh, a growing population of cars. And it was created some of the worst pollution in in the world in some of the large cities. And uh, so it will be China's responsibility to figure out how to reduce uh, pollution and uh, create a clean environment based on hydrogen. Hydrogen will be the only source of energy capable 
of providing energy to that many uh, vehicle drivers. China has invested $8 billion in Sudan to develop oil infrastructure, including a 900-mile pipeline to the Red Sea. China secretly has been providing military aid to the Sudanese government. China is in a transition away from bicycles to mass transit and public automobiles. <clears throat> in Beijing, over 1,000 vehicles a day are added to the road. Automobile growth in China is estimated at 19% a year. China is in developing localized shale oil, natural gas to meet their energy needs. China should be allowed to grow and find its way into the future. And the same is true for the United States. And as capitalism continues to innovate, uh, the United States will be able to sell technologies to China that will help uh, clean up their pollution problems.